everyone. Uh, so today we wanted to catch up on some of the common films that we watched over the past few months. So the first movie we're going to talk about is Julie and Julia, which both of us really, really enjoyed. Um, and we've seen like several times, actually. Um, we both kind of like have it memorized. Um, and it's just like such a warm film. Um, Bidisha, what are your thoughts on Julie and Julia? Yeah, Julie and Julia has sort of always been like a comfort movie for me. And um, I think it's just something that you can like put on and enjoy at like, you know, any time of the week, really. I, I love the character that um, Stanley Tucci plays, Paul Child. Um, I think his character was very likable and so wholesome. And yeah, um, and also um, I just love watching the food in that movie because it all just looks so delicious and it's really like a treat for the eyes. Also, I think Meryl Streep's acting um, in this movie. Um, is just top-notch and yeah I think overall it's just a movie that's um, very enjoyable and yeah what about you? I freaking love Julia and Julia because it's like you said it's such a comfort film like the way it's filmed just gives you that warm fuzzy feeling and I feel like it's so like underrated I feel like people don't you know, think of it as a great film. When they think about great films, they don't think about Julia and Julia. And I'm like, why is that? Is it because it's about a woman who cooks and who's teaching cooking? And that's like one of her passions. I don't know. Like it's something that's so strange to me that um, this film doesn't get more recognition. And, you know, Nora Ephron is a genius and her films, I mean, her impact on film in general, like her being one of the, you know, few female directors um who had been working you know since the 90s and even before it's like you know she her the kind of like view like you know the female gaze we talk about the male gaze but like the female gaze in film is so um amazing when you see it um like you know come through on a movie like this is like the way you see how Meryl is filmed like you know I mean obviously like um not to be like oh have you heard of this actor who's really good called Meryl Streep like everyone knows Meryl Streep is good but you know when Meryl Streep does those little things like when she's at the cordon bleu and she's like chopping the onions and then she like she's very competitive so she like finishes before her peers and then she does a little like hurrah kind of like thing yeah and it's like those little things like she adds those like little like touches that make it so like unique and special um when like Paul is like toasting uh to her on their like Valentine's dinner or like their uh was it Valentine's or like their anniversary dinner or something and she's like touching the paper heart um and like you know she's very moved and like little things like that it feels so like like lived in like it feels like a real relationship I mean the relationship um that uh is between Amy Adams and Chris Messina as well as like you know very it feels very real like it you know doesn't feel like a movie romance it feels like a real couple and so does Julia and Paul Child and it's just so wholesome and wonderful and it's like it's nice to see a movie about just like a woman's passions coming to life and her dreams coming to life and you know it's just it's amazing like what can I say it's really good and I feel like everyone should watch it like at least once every fiscal quarter (laughs) 
Right. So one of my favorite scenes from the movie is when Julie is trying to cook the lobster um, and um, she sort of puts the lobster in the pot and puts the lid on it. But then um, the lobster is like very much alive. So it like moves and she like runs yelling. And then her husband, Eric, he comes in and, you know, sort of changes the situation. And then, you know, he just sort of sings um, Lobster Killer. Um, you know, that scene, like, Lobster Killer. So and then he a- like bites an apple and like walks really like nonchalantly by. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> so good. That's, that's literally one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, I love that scene and, uh, you know, the whole part where, like, Meryl is, like, in France and she's, like, buying bread and she's going to, like, her French, like, she's going to the Cordon Bleu and she takes, like, her little exam uh, that she has to, like, pass to, you know, uh, the Cordon Bleu and the lady comes in and is, like, Madame Shields, I must say, you have no talent for cooking and then she like blows raspberries at her teacher after she leaves and that scene is just so adorable and um you know the whole dynamic between her Louisette and Simka when they like kind of like are mean to uh one of them like they're I think it's it's they're mean to uh, Louisette because she doesn't work as much um and then they're like, oh, she's going through a divorce. Like, it's okay. Like the whole like dynamic of like how that book comes together and like so much effort goes into like, you know, making something like that come to life. It's just so well done. I feel like that is how I, the way Julia Childs is to Julie Powell is what Jane Austen is to me. So if if Jane Austen were alive now and she did not like like me I would I would absolutely be crushed like I would I wouldn't be able to um go on (laughs) with myself like it would be devastating but yeah I feel like you know that connection that you feel with someone just through their art is is amazing it's the same with like music and you know every other thing but it's just so it's so beautiful like this movie is amazing let women make films (laughs) I agree so let's talk about As Above, So Below, which I kind of made you watch because I thought it was fun. Um, but what did you think? Um, yeah, it was definitely enjoyable um, in a sense. Um, it was fun to watch. Um, I've also just um, been very interested in catacombs. Um, and yeah, I've, I've just sort of um, wanted to watch a movie based on that it's kind of it's interesting that they like actually filmed in the catacombs were you able to tell that it was like actually filmed there yeah no I had no idea um I just sort of after watching the movie when I did my research and you know when we talked about it that's when I learned that it was actually done in the actual catacombs which is so um interesting um because that's like a topic I've always been interested in so like um to see that they were um, allowed to film in there is pretty cool yeah the catacombs are super strange because like I mean obviously I'm not being totally factually correct but I think it was something like you know all the skeletons were down there and then like some guy like a couple hundred years ago was like let's like organize this some guy was like let's Marie Kondo this catacomb (laughs) and like make it look nice (laughs) Uh, which, you know, one might argue if you can make uh, skeletons look uh, decorative, but to each their own. But yeah, you and I were talking about how, 
annoying it is that in horror films they make like the female character like the final girl to be like the one that caused the whole thing or like the one that's kind of like annoying or like you know is the one that like kind of gets everyone in trouble but then it ends up like surviving so like the audience kind of hates her um what do you think like you've seen a lot of horror films um and like you know we kind of watch different horror films so you know we have that sort of like different perspective but you've seen this too right I'm sure yeah right um yeah this is definitely a trope which is super common in horror films um and it's just it's just kind of like sad to see because like they make like the the main female character who is supposed to like sort of survive um in the end um just like the most annoying character ever and it's just it's not only just it's it's hard to root for her um to like uh, be the one to stay alive because you're like why does she get to you know be there throughout the entire movie and not the others and it's also uh, it just makes it um hard to sort of relate to the character or even sympathize with her or you know any of that yeah, and they'll um, make them like do these really dumb choices that no real person would do yeah exactly it's like um very unrealistic because um they're always just sort of like ignoring um very obvious signs or just you know just not listening to um what other people are saying and getting everyone else in trouble which is like you know realistically um i i, I don't think um any rational person would do that so yeah it's, it's upsetting when people uh when um characters in like horror movies um are sort of um, subjected to that stereotype because it makes it hard to like these characters. Yeah, and I agree. And it's like, it's strange being like, you know, women who really like horror films. I mean, I get really scared, but I like them. Um, who like horror films is like, you know, there's all the treatment of women in horror films is so like uh it's such a topic in itself it's like it's so complex and like there's all these like different ways that women are treated badly in horror films and it's like we've seen this in Scream which is a movie you and I both love where they like kind of parody how in a horror movie uh when a woman is considered to be like promiscuous or something like that she is killed off as like kind of like punishment for that um so that whole trope as well I mean and it's like it's I mean horror movies have always had tropes like this since you know the beginning of uh, the whole horror genre um but it is it I feel like there needs to be some change in like how we portray women in horror films and I think it'll it'll change when there's more women behind the camera I think horror in general is one of those genres that attracts a male audience and also is made by uh, more male directors, writers, et cetera. Which is why Jennifer's body is such a good example of like, you know, what happens when you have like a woman uh, directing a horror movie with a female protagonist who, even though she's like, you know, the villain, um, she's not portrayed in a way where you're like questioning her motives. Like her motives are very clear. Um, and it doesn't like alienate the audience um, because you kind of like get where she's coming from. She comes from a place of trauma and not just like, oh, like I'm just going to not listen to what anyone says, which like is what happens in As Above, So Below. How would you rate this movie out of five? Out of five? Like maybe a 2.5 or a three. 
I'll go with the three. Okay. I gave it a three and a half, mainly because I thought it was like, you know, kind of cheesy and like, you know, the way they like incorporated like the Dante stuff and like some of the Harry Potter. So it was just like funny to me a little bit. I mean, there were some jump scares, but uh, it was kind of cheesy. I'm a sucker for that historical stuff and for the catacomb stuff. So I don't know. It was, right. it was pretty fun. Uh, but I wouldn't by any chance it like in any way say that it's like the perfect film. All right, now we move on to my favorite film, uh, Death Becomes Her, which I had been pestering Vidisha to watch for a long time, but she finally did. And I've seen this movie already, like I've rewatched it twice um, in this year already. So I pretty much have it memorized, but what did you think? And points weapon at her. Uh, did you like it? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely loved it. And um, it was a very enjoyable watch. I loved how campy it was. There's a scene where like um, uh, three nuns are floating through um, the hospital corridors. And I think um, that was very clever. Um, and yeah, I everyone's performance. Yeah, the they're like is, hovering because they're coming away from the morgue. Right. Um, and there, there's also that um, line um, right after that scene where he's uh, where he's like, "Oh, the morgue, she'll be furious." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think everyone's performance in the film is. Um, uh, is amazing. Meryl Streep is always um, just um, is the star of the show and um, I also think um, surprisingly the, the special effects of the film were um, pretty good considering um, you know um, the time that it was made in. Um, so yeah I think there were a lot of impressive elements to this film and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have the nostalgia factor because I've seen it so many times. It's kind of like, it's one of my comfort movies, which is kind of strange to say because it's one of, it's like body horror and it's like dark humor. Uh, but I really, really love this film. And it's like, it's such a good comedy. And it's like, it's just amazing to see, you know, all the performances, like all three like um, main characters are so, so good in this. And they're just like, kind of equally like, you know they're playing it so straight like it's like they're doing these ridiculous scenes one of my favorites is when um goldie hawn is explaining to um Ernest, as in bruce willis's character about how they're gonna kill madeline and they reenact the whole thing and like he's carrying like the candles and then they show that you know they're gonna put her in the car like that whole scene and it's like played so serious but it's like it's so funny and you know they're like oh you're gonna put the uh poison in the glass and all of that and then he's like oh no no i already killed her and she's like trying not to be mad but she's like oh my god did you not she's like we went over the plan three times like did you not hear me <laughs> but it's, it's just like amazing all those little things there's like so many like little moments that you notice when you re-watch it again and again like when the doctor like dies <laughs> after checking out madeline which i didn't notice uh on my first few watches and um you know like everything meryl says actually <laughs> is great um when she's like could you just not breathe <laughs> 
when um when she's like uh listening in on their conversation they're like oh and she's a bad actress and like she scratches the pillar i mean isabella rossellini in that also is just like amazing when she's like uh on the sordid topic of coin she's like oh we have to talk about money i guess and like her outfit one of my friends is actually named after isabella rossellini and hadn't seen this movie so i had the pleasure i mean i have introduced all of my friends to this movie because i love it <laughs> uh but yeah she was named after isabella rossellini but hadn't seen this movie and i was like you, you have to and you know like when she says siempre viva live forever live forever oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so good this movie passed the vibe check for sure i agree So yeah, that was yet another episode of the Say Anything podcast. Uh, thanks again to all of our listeners for tuning in. This has been such an interesting journey for the both of us, and we feel like we're learning so much with every episode. Our hope is that we can still keep it fun and interesting. So thank you for your ongoing support, and yeah, see you soon.